Welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for July 13th, Tuesday. Lucky 13th, but I didn't realize. Uh, and we are coming to you from glorious, fantastic, wonderful, exotic merit in BC. Uh, and we are broadcasting to you from a night's inn which uh, is one of many hotels we've been on in this trip. Um, you're probably going to hear some doors slamming and some noise in the vicinity. So uh, stay tuned to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash vacation impossible, where we will be having hotel review room tours coming soon. Um, I think this one will be a do not recommend. Yeah. Unfortunately, it had a lot going for it, but um, the lack of soundproofing, some problems with the bedding, uh, and an inability to resolve the bedding problem uh, kind of, I think, sank this one. Yeah, I mean, we'll go more into it later, I think. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, our first topic is, as always, is uh, the trip so far. <laughs> so uh, we are coming on the end of, uh, this is what, day eight of a nine-day road trip. Yeah. Uh, and so what we did was we drove from Vancouver to Kamloops to Hinton, Alberta to Edmonton. And then in Edmonton, we spent three days basically being mall rats. Yeah. Uh, and then we went um, and stayed in Canmore. And then it was Revelstoke. And now we are in Glorious Merritt. <laughs> we had hotels that were heroes and fantastic. Mostly Hilton properties. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, again, yeah, those reviews and walkthroughs will be coming soon. But uh, I think the Doubletree in Kamloops was fantastic. And the Hampton Inn in Edmonton was awesome. Yep. Those two are definite recommends. For sure. Uh, those were good. And then uh, we stayed in. It was a um, Days Inn in Hinton, which was not great because uh, we were on the second floor and they have no elevator. Yeah. Uh, so it's just not accessible. It's funny because they have handicapped parking spots. Yeah. But I guess if you don't get the first floor, you know, by chance, you're kind of out of luck. Yeah, and, which and sucks for me because I use a cane. So, you know, the guys have to be the Sherpas and bring all the stuff up. But, um, yeah, if we'd known in advance, we probably could have gotten a first floor room. But by the time we'd showed up, all the first floor rooms had been booked and uh, everyone had checked in already. So it was too late. Yeah. So that was kind of problematic. Um and the thing is, even if you don't have any accessibility mobility needs, the simple fact is um, you're going to have to be sure buying your stuff up a flight exactly. of stairs regardless exactly. if you're on the second floor. So uh, that makes that one difficult to recommend. Also, there was an ant infestation just outside the front door. And if memory serves, that was the place where the air conditioning was super loud. It was very, very loud, yeah. Yeah, so there was a lot of issues there. So the Days Inn and Hinton is a do not recommend, unfortunately, as well. Yeah, and the bed was about one spring shy of a trampoline. So that wasn't... I mean, if you're a single person on the bed, it's probably not an issue. But uh, if you're sharing a bed it's uh, and you're a tossing turner person like me, it's not fun for the person who is not a tosser and turner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that was that was unfortunate. Um, not a lot of great options in Hinton that were cost effective, which is part of why we went for that one. Um, but then uh, when we were in Canmore, we kind of uh, shelled out a bit more. It was a little over two hundred dollars. We stayed at the Quality in Chateau, which I like saying weirdly. <laughs> um, and that was that was lovely. I mean, it was pricey, but it was pretty good. Uh, the pool was okay. Yeah, the pool's weird and not very accessible. So again, if you have any mobility needs uh, that are beyond needing uh, using a cane. 
Um, the pool is it, just not pool is just not uh, not an option for you, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, so that's definitely something I encountered quite a lot throughout the trip was just the lack of accessibility in a lot of different places. Um, but um, other than that, I mean, other than the pool being kind of bizarre and having super contradictory COVID protocol rules, yeah, they had like five, six notices, and every the signs contradicted each other. Every single one, yeah. Um, so it was very confusing. Um, but then, uh, and then last night we were in a Motel Six. <laughs> if you can believe it, there are still Motel Sixes in Canada, uh, but this one is again a strong do not recommend. Um, the Motel Six in Revelstoke. Revelstoke is unusually pricey, and you don't get a great hotel. Uh, so in the past we've done other options, and so I thought, hey, you know what? Uh, when John and I went on the Gen Con road trip, which was like was it seventeen or eleven states in seventeen days or whatever it was, uh, we stayed at the lovely Motel Six in Missoula. And we've got like a video up about mm. that on our channel and you can see it and it's the most lovely hotel Motel 6 ever. And so I thought maybe Motel 6 as a brand was doing a nice refresh where they were upping their game. If that is true, it is not true in Revelstoke. That's maybe reached Revelstoke. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe not even in Canada. I don't know. But for Revelstoke, it's a definite no. I mean, the beds were surprisingly comfortable, uh, at least in my experience. Because, I, I mean, I was worried because the, the pillows were pretty pathetic seeming. Um, and so I was like, oh, geez, I'm not going to sleep well. And that's going to suck. And, and But I, I slept, you know, as well as I can. Um, and I was quite surprised by that. And... If, I mean, it was a clean room for the most part. The the shower hadn't fully been cleaned. There was some grime, um, and um, and there was there was like a coffee stain at the like the highest part of the shower stall, which I thought was interesting. Um, and it looks like someone took a giant black sharpie to the mirror, like they tried to tag it, like it was graffitied, and they tried to wash it off I effectively think or something. They, they had used the wrong kind of adhesive. Um, to adhere the mirror to the wall, and that basically burned through the oh. that it burned through the uh, mirror finish paint. Uh, I've seen did that not before. Know, did not know that was a thing. Yeah, no, I've seen that before, so I knew exactly what that was. I was like, okay. Because <laughs> seriously, it was like, what gang tried to tag this? I'm trying to recognize the. No, no, it was, <laughs> the logo. that's that's the adhesive. <laughs> not that back. I ever would recognize the <laughs> <Yeah>. logo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I mean, and it, I mean, the air conditioning was pretty solid. It was it was held in place by duct tape, uh, as was the toilet. The toilet, uh, yeah, had literal <laughs> white duct tape on the bowl. Um, that was weird. I didn't point it out in the video, but you can see it in the video. I think yeah, clearly. Yeah. But uh, but it was surprisingly clean. All things considered, like I'm trying not to dump on the place like crazy, but it was awful. Don't stay there. I mean, don't stay in Revelstoke if you don't have to. I mean, if you have to, yeah. if, if you've done like an 18 leg hour leg and you absolutely need to sleep, yeah, fine, whatever. But honestly, if you can sleep in your car, that's probably a better <laughs> option, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, I have a fond memory of Revelstoke because on one of my very first road trips with my dad, we were coming back from Edmonton and we and we were in Revelstoke and he splurged for a helicopter ride over the dam. Oh, wow. So for me, when you say Revelstoke, I picture those amazing views from the helicopter. For sure. And so I always pictured it as this really lovely place. And we went there on a previous trip years and years ago. And we went to their railway museum, which was right. relatively nice. Um and but I just uh, I don't think I can justify staying in that city again because it's not a lot much more than that. I mean, they do have the Alpine Slide thing, which would be nice to try, but maybe like on your way through Revelstoke. Yeah. It's, it's pretty pricey, as is apparently everything in Revelstoke. Um, and so, I mean, there are definitely attractions that are worth checking out, but I wouldn't consider staying in Revelstoke to check out said attractions. Yeah, that's probably my assessment. Yeah, like the restaurant we went to, what was it, The Idiots? 
Village Idiot. The Village Idiot, yeah. Um, and so they had really nice people. Yeah. Uh, the prices were kind of all over the place. Some were really reasonable, some were really high. Like the pizza cost was high. Um, yeah. But there's no air conditioning. And we were seated next to an open door and it was like 35 degree weather. So we're sitting there sweating and, and kind of dying a little. Um, yeah, I had to beg for extra ice in my soda because I was like, I can't, I can't. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm someone who really likes uh, a lot of heat. And even for me, I was like, this is just too much. I'm, please shoot me. Yeah. And it was a shame because the menu was cute. And yeah. it reminded us of uh, EXP, a restaurant yeah. that used to be in Vancouver that was gamer themed that we used to really enjoy. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was, it was a relatively nice place, but not on a hot day. Yeah. And again, like I can't get over how all over the map the pricing was like for a large pizza, which didn't look that large. I mean, it looked like your standard 10 inch pizza, uh, $35. It looked fantastic. That's like like Boston pizza cost. Yeah. For like a medium. Someone, someone had ordered a pizza uh, on our way out or, and, and and so I saw it and I was like, oh man, that looks really, really good. Uh, then I remembered how much it cost. Um, but then a Long Island iced tea was $8. That's right, yeah, um, they reasonably like, priced cocktails. Yeah, which, I mean, I mean, that's one of the more expensive, as far as I understand, one of the more expensive cocktails to make because it has 18 different kinds <laughs> of alcohol in it. Um, but, normally I expect those to be in sort of the $10, $11, $13 range. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's a reason, I think it's completely reasonable to expect a Long Island iced tea to cost, you know, 12 13 bucks. Absolutely. And so $8, I was like, I'm sorry, what now? Although you got to wonder the size, because we didn't order one, so we don't know what the size necessarily would have been. Yeah. Sometimes places uh give you a long island iced tea in a super thin glass almost yeah. almost like a beaker yeah. uh and it's for like that's cute i see how you're saving money where's the real drink yeah <laughs> like what you would get a mojito in or something like that yeah exactly yeah that's true. and also they were really in love with mason jars the water Everything was mason, mason jars and like the water pitcher was a giant mason jar and like i didn't want any piece of that because i just pictured myself spilling it over everyone's phone and everyone's food and everyone's lap and then uh, yeah so today uh is merit Mm-hmm. And so we are in the Night's Inn. Uh, and it's it's good and bad. It's spacious. but um, and, and you'll see this when we release the video on our YouTube channel. But basically, uh, everything was looking pretty solid until I got into the master bedroom. Uh, and the bed sheet had soiled stains on it, uh, cigarette burns, and a cigarette smell. And so I had gone and, and spoken to somebody at the front desk and they said that basically there was nothing they could do. They only had one extra comforter. It also had burdens in it. Uh, they just washed it though. Um, and so they said like, oh, when people, um, you know, break the rules and smoke in the room, which they're not allowed to do, uh, it often damages property and they're stuck with it. And like that struck me as odd um, because generally in my experience, at least of late, when I am at a hotel, they do a pre-authorization on your credit card and they have like an imprint of it or something. So, mm-hmm. and they normally make you sign, like if you smoke in the room and you're not allowed to, that's generally like a $250 exactly. fee, which you would think would cover maybe a comforter. Exactly. <laughs> it will cover them to the Yeah. Um, and so I noticed that the Motel 6, which had its issues and the days in here, neither of them did a pre-authorization of that kind. Oh. When I checked in, uh, like I, we travel a lot. We're a travel channel. I'm a travel guy. And so I'm used to walking up to the hotel and I hand over my ID and credit card every time, even if it's all online. The worst that ever happens is they come back and they say, oh, we've got that on file. Don't you worry. They almost always check the ID to make sure it's me, which I like. Um, but they don't always use the credit card because mm-hmm. sometimes it's on file. But these guys were like, why are you? giving me this yeah and i was like okay fine just take it back and so i'm thinking that some of these more budget options uh and even the the, the quality uh chateau um resort uh, they didn't do a pre-auth either oh interesting um now i had booked online so they should have the information but i was checking my credit card information you can see if there's a pre-auth within a couple days before it disappears and they didn't 
Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking these like sub Hilton brands, these, these, um, it, what is it? The Wyndham hotels and the choice hotels, uh, and the motel six, uh, they don't seem to do that. And I think they're doing themselves a massive disservice. Yes. Um, now that having been said, it's possible that they are kind of the lower tier where people might pay in cash more often mm-hmm. and things like that. But, uh, and I, I haven't seen commercials or ads for them where they say, Hey, no pre-authorization. I don't know if that's a selling point yeah. for maybe the more budget hotel, but, uh, my advice yeah. <laughs> to those, uh, you know, those Wyndham properties, those, those, uh, choice properties, um, the, the lower tier cost, uh, take credit card imprints, make people initial that they're not able to destroy the facility yeah. and so then when they do some damage, uh, which some of these we've seen damage at, whether it's to linens or whatever, you can charge them and replace those linens. I mean, that's the cost of running a hotel. Yeah. I mean, it seems super obvious to us. Yeah. We've traveled a lot. We we love Hilton, so we stay at Hilton properties all the time, uh, where none of that stuff is ever really an issue. You know, I have a friend who her, her parents used to own and run a hotel, uh, and I'm reasonably confident that they had pre-auth. I, sh- I should yeah. ask her about that because, like, I can't. I mean, and they have they have a budget line that's basically like this, um, it, and um, in the town that I used to live in. Um, so I'm curious as to whether or not that is maybe just kind of a industry standard for the lower tier things. I'll have to I'll have to research that and get back to you. So. Um... Yeah, and also on this trip, uh, it wasn't just about staying at hotels. Uh, we did, uh, we you know, we got to see some cool things. Um, we had a short up on our channel of a waterfall that was very accessible. Yeah. Um, I like. I wasn't thinking about it from an accessibility standpoint when I was there. I was like, how can I film this for YouTube? Um, <laughs> but would you say a wheelchair person could do that, or were there steps? Oh yeah. Or were there, I'm trying to remember if there were steps to the walkway. I don't, I don't think, there, think was. there were. No, the, I, definitely someone with a walker can absolutely. It's it's called the Numa Falls. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a, it was beautiful. And so it was on a alternate route on the Highway One, so like yeah. a, a detour from the Highway One. Uh, so that was a good one. Now, unlike that, in Hinton, there was the Beaver wa- uh, Boardwalk. Beaver Boardwalk. Yeah, and that was advertised as being accessible, but you have to go down a very steep ramp to get to it, and then once there, part of the path has stairs. Yeah. Uh, so it might be accessible for someone with crutches or a, a cane or something, depending on their comfort and ability level. But I would say a wheelchair absolutely could not navigate. Yeah, no, hundred percent, no. Um, and I mean, yeah, and I use my my forearm braces for those. Um, and yeah, just getting to where the boardwalk was uh, was a bit of a struggle. And then obviously coming back up because it's quite a it's a fairly steep hill and it's all loose gravel. Um, so that was, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, we got to see this nice little bit of a place we never got to see. So it was something different mm-hmm. and new and liked it. And I think you enjoyed it too. Um, and <laughs> what, what, what did, what did you think of that boardwalk, uh, in Hinton? Not great for, not great for teenagers. Kind of boring. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? You seemed to kind of enjoy it a little bit at the time, but, uh, yeah. But not, necess- not something you'd want to do again. Not something you'd recommend for your friends. It's like, yeah, you didn't, didn't hate it at the moment, but you're kind of over it. <laughs> Fair. But um, yeah, no, definitely uh, not great for accessibility. Um, so just, it's it's what I'm definitely learning as my mobility um, needs increase, or my accessibility needs increase, um, is that just because something is advertised as accessible, it's definitely worth Seeing if someone else who's been there before who has uh, accessibility um, issues, needs, whatever you want to call it. And, and or even if, if they can... don't, but if they just film it 
Yeah. Uh, so you can get a better sense because they can write whatever they want on their website or advertising. Exactly. And they can show you the pictures that would support that point of view. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, the, the actual travelers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, talk to, talk to the traveler. Talk to someone who's actually been there and has done it. Who or has watch YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. Who has accessibility <laughs> needs or, that are maybe similar to yours. And then you can kind of get a proper gauge uh, uh, for and kind of gauge for yourself how accessible it will be for you mm-hmm. yeah. because there's probably I mean it's it's just got to be hugely disappointing to go somewhere only to discover no wait this isn't for me uh, I can't imagine what that would feel like it's, it's frustrating I mean that was, we have that happened at the mall a bunch of times and it's upsetting uh, because it's like oh okay so uh, you have no problem taking my money but you have <laughs> every problem making it so that I can actually do the thing that I'm giving you my money for and so that's West Edmonton Mall that she's speaking of. And so West Edmonton Mall has some challenges just by virtue of what it is. Yeah. Because it is a very large mall, uh, depending on where you look, the largest in North America, depending on what you include. You include the parkade and all that stuff. Sorry, Minneapolis. Um, they, like to, they like to say that they're the largest. And surrounding hotels like to say that they're the largest. Wikipedia feels different. You can look up that and decide for yourself. Mall of America disagrees. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all of that having been said, it is very large. And it's basically only, for the most part, only two stores. Yeah. And so its largeness is in distance, not altitude. Uh, and so while there are escalators and they're relatively frequent and there, yes. there, there are some elevators less frequently, but there are Correct. some. Um, it's just it, it stretches out horizontally so far that the distance you have to go is substantial. Now, that's the mall in general. Yeah. Uh, and so while the mall is relatively accessible, uh, like the stores and the shopping, because, hey, take the money. But when we okay. get into talking about some of the major attractions, now specifically we're talking about the Galaxyland Amusement Park and the water park there. Neither of those are particularly accessible. Or the sea line, not the sea line, the, the sea, water. sea line caves or whatever, the underwater yeah. marine life caves. Yeah. yeah. I mean several flights of stairs just to get to the beginning of that attraction. And I don't recall seeing any signage that advised people of that prior to buying tickets. No. And I mean, and I know that there aren't any elevators available because people had left their strollers at the top of the stairs that they can bring and brought their yeah. young children down. And it's the nature, I think another part of the nature of the malls that it's not new. It's been around for a while. And it, and so certain of those attractions have been around since like uh, John since was inception. a child. Yeah. Um, well, we, I mean, we have a friend that grew up in Edmonton yeah. um, and I kind of was whinging to him a little bit about it. Um, and and he's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of the sign of the times because it's a really old hotel and it hasn't updated and it was like that, you know, you know, 30, 40 years ago and it was okay for things to not be accessible 30, 40 years ago. But now now people are starting to speak up more about, hey, like uh, we our money is just as good as your money is. Um, so it's, uh, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the mall will eventually um, uh grow up uh, for lack of a better word but i mean in, in fairness to them they there's only so much they can really do um, with the they, space like with the galaxy have. land um you, you know it's very cramped it's very very cramped so it's not like they can just build an uh, elevator uh, for those who, those of us who have you know more than just a cane because like they're basically saying that even if you have a cane um um you can't go on a ride which i yeah. mean if disneyland has found a way to to accommodate people with with you know, paraplegia, um, then they can uh, find a way to accommodate someone using a cane. Uh, 
Although one one thing I will say is I did work in amusement park for fourteen years, and let me tell you, we got sick of being compared to Disney. Uh, and they would, they would say, "If Disney can do it, why can't you?" Well, Disney, Disney has, has a budget. massive budget yeah. because they have a huge floor plan, and they have like they charge a lot, and they get you know millions of visitors every I don't know week or whatever yeah. the stat is, and so they're able to make those investments. Because if we're talking about elevators, we're talking like. That's minimum tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, minimum like ten to twenty thousand for yeah. the most basic kind of thing you mm-hmm. could have. And uh, if you want ramps, uh, ramps are a possible alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those take space because they need exactly. to have a relatively low grade, yeah. and that eats up part of your floor plan. But but to your point, your amusement park has done a lot of those things. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, it wasn't accessibility that we generally got that about. It was it, other things. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, the fact of the matter is, you know, your your old amusement park they have fast pass for those of us who have accessibility needs so mm-hmm. i mean they have found a way to make it work and make it ac- to accommodate for a lot so of things, yeah. and so and galaxy land has been around for a really really long time and, and it looks like they're making no effort uh, yeah i mean <laughs> from what I, I, saw. And I mean i can again i can understand when someone has extreme mobility issues because of the whole we can't just put in a an elevator but they're basically saying even if you're using a cane you i mean they're not using those words exactly but that you when you read between the lines they're basically saying even if you have so much as a cane you you're just your money your business is no good here yeah. um so that was upsetting um and then the water park is the same thing they have um disabled uh um customers uh rate yeah they have they a discounted didn't... ticket but their website doesn't indicate um like sort of how one qualifies and and what they can access or um, how they prove that exactly. or if they have to at all i don't know um they, and no, then to no access that water park uh if the because i don't recall there being an elevator at all i know that there's an escalator but the escalator is broken uh and from uh having gone there before um it's several flights of stairs to get down to the water park um obviously the slides are out of the question for me uh because i can't walk up you know 18 flights of, there's because there's some that are basically 18 flights of stairs yeah. that is out of the question for me and i'm not going to expect them again to build an elevator so that those of us who have enough mobility needs to do the slide but not enough to not need a cane like and I, and i get it like who's gonna bring the cane down like there's all these logistical things i completely 100 percent understand but it'd right? be cool if they did <laughs> it'd be amazing if they did. like i don't with, with water slides i come with water parks i completely understand that it's basically logistically impossible to accommodate uh because again if you have a mobility device, how do you get the device? How do you to get the device back to that person, right? So it's just not feasible, um, and it's and, it, and it's not reasonable for those of us with mobility issues to expect a water park specifically to mm-hmm. make said accommodations. However, it'd be nice to know there's a discounted rate if you're just sitting at the beach, um, but that means you can't access the pool, you can't access the hot tub, um, you can't access this, and it's very clear what you can. Basically, you just have entry fee. Um, but does that the same for the disabled people? Does it or do do disabled people? Uh, are we able to also you know use a hot tub? Are we are able to use a lazy river? Thirds one. Are we allowed to go into the wave pool? Like it, it's super unclear. Um, and then they had this thing too where you get to buy the tickets in advance, but disabled t- tickets you can't buy in advance, but you can't not buy a ticket in advance. It, uh, and so I was just like, for how much money you want for me? No. Yeah, because even the disabled ticket was pretty pretty pricey. It was like, yeah, thirty five dollars. Yeah. Um, and, and regular admission is $50, which is insane if you ask me, because again, for, for not to, not to compare to other places, but in no, my... No, that's a Disney ticket price, and that's a fair... It is a Disney ticket That's a fair price. comparison. Because, I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, when we've gone to Wet n' Wild, I don't think Wet n' Wild charges that much. Um, it's even been a long fact, time, but yeah. It's been a while since we've been, but even factoring in, um, you know, conversion and all that, I really don't think that they charge that much. 
you know, who do you think you are, Water Waterworld or whatever the heck they call themselves? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, we were able to do um, the mini golf, which yeah. which worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, that was a lot of fun. Wouldn't work for a wheelchair, but for somebody with a cane, I think that 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 worked well for you. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was fun. Uh, it's fifteen dollars per person to do any kind just, of the mini golf, which is on the high end. But that's again, really crazy. I think it's the tourist destination premium and the fact that it's in the mall and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, if you're looking for some mini golf, that yeah, mini golf. golf yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for some mini golf, um, if you're in uh, the province of BC, there's Castle Fun Park, which has much more reasonable rates, and they have very nice facilities. Yeah, and they have like five or six to choose from, or something, or they have a fair number, three at least. Yeah, a fair number to choose from. They're five bucks a pop. Half the price or a third the price? Yeah. Yeah, they're five dollars each or no ten dollars each sorry yeah. we just checked it out um and then Still, they also have more the reasonable. batting cage also ten dollars they have a go-karts also ten dollars and they have an arcade where you play skee-ball and other and yeah. like you know all the fun i mean that's what i'm interested in is like skee-ball and everything and nothing else and that's basically like in chilliwack i think in that yeah. general region not too far from cultist lake water park and so because it's not in a mall because it's not at a famous tourist destination the prices i think are more reasonable exactly uh, and part of that is because they're probably not paying a massive rent in a mall Exactly. Uh, so I mean I I am somewhat sympathetic to some of those things. They also um, they had the the um, the dark uh, black light mini golf. Yep, that was pretty cool. You can get uh, a mirror maze uh, thing for a four dollar add on or six dollars on its own to do that. Julian gave that a try. Uh, right. What's your review of the mirror maze? No. <laughs> No, just no, 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 no. no. It's, a, it's a two letter review. Just no. <laughs> well, because I mean, they said that it can take about five minutes and then they said, please take your time with it. And you were in and out like before I could find a seat. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. How, long, how long would you say that took you? Like 90 seconds? I, I, I think... I think you're pretty close, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think suffice it to say, it, this is definitely for kids 12 and under, if even that old. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I, I had walked away because I was pretty knackered, so I needed to sit, sit down somewhere because that was a day where we were doing, like, all the walking. Um, and so I found a seat. Ray followed me shortly thereafter. After I played. Um, basically. <laughs> Um, and yeah, Ray barely had a chance to get settled down by uh, and, settled in by the time and Julian, then suddenly came. Julian was, was there. Well, actually, I wouldn't say it's for people that are uh, 12 and under. I'd say um, if you've been blinded in any accident and you cannot visually see, this is the place for you. Dang. Because you could just super obviously find your way out just by looking? Is that sort of what yeah, it was? it's like reflection, reflection, no reflection. That's the way out. I'm going this way. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so that's that's definitely a not recommend. But the mini golf, I think, is a recommend. But just be advised that you're paying a premium because of where you are. Now, if I recall correctly, though, and we didn't really do much research in this, there's some sort of pass with uh, with West Edmonton Mall where you can do all of these things at a reduced rate. Now, I'm sure you have to pay for that card or whatever. But I think you like you build up points. Yeah, and so, points or something. So definitely, if you're going to go to West Edmonton Mall... Um, and you're concerned about price, you're definitely going to want to try and do that research. Even if you're not concerned about price, honestly. Just save the money charge, so you can do more things. Yeah, because they, they charge a premium for everything. So it's like, why let them? <laughs> Except I will say parking. 
Uh, and, yeah. and I like that might sound like a silly thing, but uh, one thing that I have become uh, somewhat annoyed with, even though it has yet to actually personally impact me, is in Las Vegas, they have started to charge for even self-parking at all yeah, the properties. That's ridiculous. Uh, and I think that's insane. I, I don't understand how that doesn't cut into their profit margin, because honestly, when I was there before and we would rent a car, we would go and stay in wherever we wanted to, the Strat or the MGM or what have you, Monte Carlo when it still existed. Um, and and we would rent a car and we would just kind of, you know, go wherever we needed. And again, for mobility's uh, sake, that's a really huge factor. I mean, Sam and I once walked from the link to the stratosphere. And we were like, yes, because <laughs> uh, it was an accomplishment. But um, like now that you have to pay every time you're going to switch hotels in a car uh, and are you going to like, are you going to want to go as much and stuff like that? I can't see how that's not having a negative impact. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm because again with my mobility challenges, I, I definitely see myself or see us, well, me, uh, pretty much only staying at MGM properties and just taking the monorail, and then stopping at all the MGM properties that have the monoline or monorail, whatever the heck you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, then there's a couple different ones because there's like the actual Las Vegas monorail, which is sort of run by the city, goes mm-hmm. on one side, but then there's all those little interconnection things to take you from like you know the Mandalay Bay to the Luxor to the you know et cetera, et cetera, yeah. uh, uh, Excalibur and, and so yeah, there's gonna be far fewer casinos that I'm Unless visiting because of the lack of, of accessibility, basically. Because yeah, if I have to pay twenty bucks to park myself, I think it's five. And nevertheless, but uh, it, yeah, it's the it, point of like, like if I'm gonna visit eight hotels in a single day, that's forty dollars. Like, no, thank yeah. you, not happening. Yeah. Um. So, and are we gonna have like, do we get in and out privileges, or do we have to stay in that property? Are they gonna somehow know because they have eighteen thousand cameras for every <laughs> single slot machine, like? Are they going to know if I step outside of the property and then they're going to charge me a premium? I don't know. So, like, I'm, I'm... Well, I don't think they would do anything if you step outside the property, but I'm fairly certain the parking does not include in and out privileges would, unless you're course. staying at the hotel. Well, of course, yeah. And so, yeah, so that's just... A, it, that's annoying. Um, so, mm-hmm. I... Um, and it's probably going to reduce my... Desire to go desire to Vegas. Desire to go to Vegas, honestly. Yeah. And, and I've really been looking forward to going back to Vegas. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's a really frustrating thing for me when, when cities... Um, I'm going to get in a bit of a type of uh, uh, soapbox here, but cities, cities will implement all these new ideas and all these new, you know, they're, they're doing this because they want to reduce congestion and it makes sense. But people, um, the more, it's, it's often a very regressive thing uh, as far as cost. And they also don't factor in those who have mobility, basically disabled people. They never seem to factor disabled people in with all these decisions that they make. I think that if and when we were to return, what I would want to do if I find, if I have the time to do the research beforehand is determine which properties have free parking still if any yeah uh and those are the ones that are going to be more likely to get our business because one that i think I'm, i and i haven't researched this but i bet you i would bet you the five dollars of parking that the rio has free parking oh yeah because they've got that shuttle yeah and and they've got penn and teller and they've got the international buffet and so i see the rio in our future and that's mm-hmm. interesting because one of the reasons we want to go to vegas not just to hang out with ace of vegas again because he's a cool guy i've heard good things uh he's, he's he's super smart and funny and just the nicest person but um also because through my vegas over the pandemic we've earned up so many loyalty points last time i went to vegas where i saw where i hung out with ace of vegas i got um two nights at the park place mgm for free mm-hmm. uh i got the MGM Grand Buffet for free mm-hmm. uh, and like that was when I didn't have a huge amount of points like I think I burned 40,000 loyalty points on that trip or something Oh wow! not very much I got really great deals on everything mm-hmm. um, but now I'm sitting at like 2 million you've got over a million I got, yeah well over a million and a half one of the things 
thinking of using the My Vegas points for is free cruises. Yeah. But we also want to go back to Vegas. Uh, but things like this are going to impact, uh, I think, all the choices we make in terms of booking and when we're there. Yeah. Uh, and so, not a fan of charging for self parking practically ever. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you're if they're if you're using a valet service, like naturally, yeah. But yeah. I mean, for self parking and, and tipping and stuff, you know. But I, that's that's I don't know. It's not a especially because a lot of that self parking, you end up kind of not that close to the property. Yeah. So it's like you go around looking forever for parking. You finally find it. Then you go and walk, and like now I'm going to get to pay for that privilege. Now maybe part of forcing people to pay is cutting down on on how many cars are there, so maybe it's easier to find a spot. But mm-hmm. I don't know that that's a good deal. Uh, yeah. In terms of trade offs. So um, that's something to look forward to. I mean, as the world starts to open up again, we, we do want to go back to Vegas. Yeah, it'd be nice to go back. And uh, and see how that is. Was there anything else about um, this trip that we wanted to mention? Any, anything else? Any highlights for you? Uh, well. <laughs> I'm going to get comfortable. I think he's getting on his soapbox. Let's do it. What was the kangaroo place called? Oh, the Kangaroo Creek Farm. And that's in Lake yeah. Country, BC. <clears throat> So, immediately as we get in, there's, like, five can- five kangaroos just chilling at the door. Um, for a teenager going to the kangaroo place under its current COVID protocols, you kind of have to make your own fun. Would that be fair to say? Yes. Yeah. Well, there, there, are some, there are some older teenagers there. They were, like, the, probably, like, 17, 18 years old, and they seem to be having a really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, there was, there was people from all age groups that were there. It was hot. Um, so yeah, it's 34 and, degrees centigrade when we were there, and so I don't recommend going on a day quite that hot. Not just because of the impact that it has on you, but because the animals are exhausted. Yeah, uh, and like the kangaroos look like they're dying. Yeah, they they were the, the emu were fine. Uh, yeah, the but, emu and almost everything else was fine. It's the kangaroos. And kangaroos in the name. So in, it's kind of what you go for. Okay, in fairness though, <laughs> even when it's not that hot, the kangaroo looked like that. Because uh, okay. I've, I've been before, and it was and, my first and, and, time. And <laughs> they're they're cats. Basically, like they're not okay. quite as active as um, you know, you know, Crocodile Dundee would have you believe, uh, and all mm-hmm. the Australian movies will have you believe. They were they were basically Crocodile like Dundee. that when I was uh, when I was there a few years ago. So and it's, you were in September, where and it was we were cooler. in September, where it was quite like we were wearing jackets because it was actually kind of chilly out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they can't so, take their jackets off. And yeah, and so <laughs> and they were they were basically just sitting there too. I mean, they weren't like. You know, lying down there. There were two that I was legitimately concerned about. (laughs) I mean, they were all kind of lying down in this draw me like one of your French girls poses. uh, Which there was one or two of those that was weird. Um, And so um, they weren't all doing that when we went a few years ago. But they were definitely just sitting there, kind of going with kangaroos. I don't know about that. No, I don't. I'm not going to move around. There, there wasn't a lot of running around. There wasn't a lot of hopping around. There wasn't a lot of you know bounding across the fields and stuff like that. So it's not that different. But at the same time, it was it was hot out uh i mean i'm solar powered so for me i'm like i'm fine um and we only had we showed up an hour before they closed mm-hmm. um and so they closed it, at three we showed up at two and it was 30 dollars for the three of us to get in for the price of because it's... it was 12 dollars for adults six dollars for youth mm-hmm. um and so i was like i want to maximize the hour we have and so and, and i've completely forgot about the whole half of of the, the area because they, they have expanded quite a lot so if you haven't been in the last four years um, they shifted location about three years ago, and yeah. they've expanded. It's, it, yeah, it's close to where they used to be, but it's basically on the other side. Uh, like it's, it's, it will it, not feel familiar. It, not at all. I was like, I'm pretty certain Tr- we're going somewhere wrong. This is one where you want to trust your GPS over your recollections. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. This <laughs> is a 
Yeah, this is absolutely trusted GPS situation. Uh, massive, massive, massive parking lot. Um, they um, they do have. It's very accessible. They have handicap parking. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's easy to get in. There's no stairs or anything like that. So it's a very, very accessible place. People with wheelchairs. I mean, it's 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 a it's all dirt. Yeah, there's um, gravel so and stuff. So there so. is that to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, it when. COVID is basically no longer a thing that we're going to be talking about. Um, because Can't wait for the day. Uh, because it's it's currently with COVID protocols, you're not allowed to handle the animals, which honestly is probably best for the animals. Uh, like you're not allowed to physically interact with them because it used to be that you can kind of go up and if you the kangaroos would let you pet, pet the porcupine them. and that was about it. Yeah. And, and oh, in a sugar glider, we were able to kind of pet a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's, of course, at the direction of staff and staff. And they were like watching, watching you like, like a hawk. And, yeah. and rightly so, to protect the and, animals. And, on, and, and you know what? In, in, in the grand scheme of things, the less we physically interact with these animals, the better it is for them. Like, I kind of liked just kind of observing them. I mean, I wanted to very much hold them. So this woman had a, a beautiful ball python. I'm like, let me pet. Um, but obviously. I no. probably found myself somewhere else. Yeah. Time, which is weird. <laughs> as soon as I was, as soon as I was near the reptile. The boys were the opposite direction. Well, what is it you call snakes? Nope ropes? Nope ropes endangered Well, I noped right out of there <laughs> following the advice of your uh, your branding there. <laughs> and, um, um, but they, um, yeah, it's a very, very accessible park. Uh, they have all sorts of animals which they don't purchase. So these are rescues or bequeathed animals, um, or honestly, animals that are just dumped there, apparently. Which yeah, was that was weird. To find out. They, apparently, sometimes people just pitch like bunnies and birds and stuff over their fence line. Yeah. And they show up to work the next day and they're like, oh, we have new recurring bills now. Yeah, and they're like, they think they're doing us a favor, but they're really, really not. But obviously, we have to take care of them, so we yeah. do. Um, so they, they struggle to make it work. So, yeah, and they, they, um, they take the, a lot of the animals that they have, they have taken over, like the, uh, the more exotic of the animals, like they have two, uh, oh, she, they have five or six capybara, capybaras, <laughs> but there's only two that were out today. Um, and they have a whole bunch of macaws and, and, cockatiels and obviously they have snakes of varieties and a couple of turtles uh tortoises rather um and they Some have turkeys course, which wow <laughs> like <laughs> because we've seen, we've probably all seen the videos of like turkeys attacking people and so these turkeys are just like kind of free range walking around and so i was having a flashback <laughs> to jurassic huge. park where they're like wait you bred raptors i'm like wait you have turkeys <sighs> and they're just free to walk around they, they were didn't, massive they were they were they were Pretty polite. Yeah. Uh, they, they fought a little bit amongst themselves, uh, but they didn't attack or chase anybody, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but those were the things I was actually watching the most. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the joke about the snake and everything else, but I was like, I'm watching you, turkey. Yeah. Well, they, but they have uh, kind of kangaroos, obviously. Um, I was watching have, the kangaroos, and, too. And they have wombats, mm-hmm. um, and they have about a dozen at least emu. Um, and so Love those, emu. Uh, they, those have been... Small army. <laughs> um, for the the first that they've had have been uh, acquired through um, like former roadside farm uh, roadside attraction type things um, that can no other longer, things that shut down yeah they've shut down because of COVID or other reasons and they can no which longer which is interesting because at West Edmonton Mall it was a similar story yeah. their Sea Life Cavern yeah where other things that went out of business due to COVID uh, ended up sending some of their their, their exactly. marine life there um, and and there but there's also some that have been bred uh, no not sorry not bred uh, that have not been 
born yeah. in captivity. So, yeah. um, so they're not doing active breeding, but yeah. they're also not uh, stopping the animals from breeding as well. Um, doing what and animals so, want to do. It, exactly. Like it, it, you know, that's a policy that for the longest time Vancouver Aquarium used to have, uh, and now they're just not allowing any kind of breeding to happen. Um, but um, I think that, and that's one of the things about attractions like this kangaroo place and mm-hmm. this uh, the the sea life marine life caves mm-hmm. at Wem is that in both instances. For one thing, the staff that worked there were very knowledgeable. Very, very knowledgeable. And it was not for our entertainment. It mm-hmm. was for education. And so they knew, and they knew their area, but they didn't know everything about yeah. other areas, which that speaks to scientific right. specialization. Yeah, yeah. And so the woman who had the snake knew about the snake and couldn't talk about the porcupine. Yeah. But she could talk about the snake and I think some of the birds, because the, the, that was her other specialization Snake and area. lizards. Uh, yeah. Something like yeah, that, yeah. like the reptile section. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is so they're taking as ethical a stance as they could to, to run these places. Um, and also as, as super scientific educational. Mm-hmm. And so if you're concerned about sort of the zoo factor, yeah. uh, I think these are two places we can give a pretty strong recommend. We're not experts in this by any For means. Sure. But the, the feel and the, the way that they handled it is like, we the, the animals are not here to amuse you. Mm-hmm. You are here to observe and learn from them. And we can teach you some things, but we're here to care for them. Yeah. About of everything else yeah. uh, and so I think that places like that are struggling whether it's from COVID or the whole zoo thing is people become aware of the problems in zoos and SeaWorld and all that kind of stuff I watch Blackfish I get it yeah um, but I think it's important to support the places that are doing it right because I think there are some places that are doing it right from exactly. what I understand like the San Diego Zoo for example is the least zoo zoo in the area. Yeah, I mean, I, I I understand that that's the case. I still struggle with the idea of San Diego Zoo just because with, again, with having watched Blackfish, their SeaWorld, not so much the case. Um, and so I have to kind of separate the two. Um, and I have a really, really hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I just can't, I can't get that cognitive dissonance to, to activate. Um, and, um, but I, so I kind of like, for my position, again, having watched Blackfish, I was kind of like, because I used to before be like, Zoo's all the Time. I love zoos because um, I love animals. I love animals, and I love the exotic animals, and I love learning the about the animals and all this sort of stuff. And 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 so, and poor Ray was just like, oh god, no, I, zoo. yeah. Um, and but so, that having been said, I felt good patronizing these two places. Yeah. I felt like I learned some things in both places, yeah. even though I have virtually no interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they presented it in a way that I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the uh, Sea Life Caverns, I was interested in. Uh, you we were asking about uh, like sunblock that can damage uh, coral reefs and animal habitat cats and animals and so my interest in that was is greenwashing a thing and so like we had an interesting yeah. engaging conversation with the staff on that subject and so i found that quite useful so i think i think personally those two attractions are strong recommends yeah uh, well and even like Je- daniel johnson's uh oh, yes. sloth and monkey hangout sanctuary um, really it's, it's, it, it's it, called it the is, hangout but it's and that's the thing it really is a sanctuary and that's in uh roatan slash mahogany bay depending on how you call it honduras. Uh, uh it's in honduras um, and yeah, and it is a sanctuary. They don't purchase any of their animals. They have, these are all rescues, um, or, you know, have been bequeathed to them. Um, and they are, you know, absolutely. The animals kind of run the show. Yeah. Like they're, they're, if the yeah. sloths don't want to see people, they, they get the run of the house. Yeah. They go into the house and they can, they get the run of the house. And, and that's there are amazing. days apparently where there's no sloths out at all Does and it... that's why you're there <laughs> to yeah. see a sloth and they tell you like hey sloths don't want to come out today so I don't check out these spider monkeys don't touch them but check them out <laughs> yeah and they've got you know kibuchi monkeys and all those other really cool things yeah, there but... and so check out on our YouTube channel we have mm-hmm. a lot of videos and what we did with those videos is we broke them down by animal mm-hmm. so if you want to see the white 
tail, white nose, something, something. We've got that on its own video. The monkeys are a separate video, something like that. Uh, And so the sloth is its own video. So you can go and you can check that out and Mm -hmm. and, and check out your animal of choice and see what that's like. But that's the thing that these kinds of places feel like. A sanctuary is not zoos. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. Yeah. No, I agree. So yeah, was there there any other sort of uh, things on this trip that you guys wanted to talk about at all? I definitely do do think that, you know, ending it off on this trip is, is the importance of learning how to kind of roll with the punches. Um, like we had to driving back from Edmonton, we had to divert from the number one to the 95 because we were told that the number was closed. Pretty certain it wasn't. Um, and so we wound up having to basically drive an extra two hours, which for me is quite a lot. Um, now because of, you know, my mobility issues, um, and well, not even that, my, my disability, but, um, and we wound up seeing a lot of things that had we not had to take that diversion, had to, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, we wouldn't have seen. Which um, I think includes the Accessible which, Falls. Which includes uh, Numa Falls. Yeah. Um, and we also got to see Radium Hot Springs. We drove through Radium Hot Springs, which, which is, is super lovely. adorable. Um, like I'm Get kind a real of, Colorado vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of I, I kind of want to check it out next time we, we kind of drive up in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see the Continental Divide. Um, yeah, which, which we is, wouldn't have seen otherwise. Which is where the waters between the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean kind of meet. And like, so like... In terms of the source. So yeah. Like, Every like the water that falls left of the marker goes to one ocean, and the water that falls in the rain on the right of the of the marker ends up in the other ocean. Yeah, which was crazy how far west that is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that um, blew my mind. Because I mean, I I don't think I've ever driven through the Kootenays before, um, yeah. and so that was it was really really nice. And so it was you know I know for a lot of people. Um, they probably would have kind of had a little bit of a panic. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh, this is bad. Or oh, we're going to have this diversion. Oh no. Um, but or I mean, just frustration. Or frustration Being even. Like, this isn't what I want. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, we've, I mean, because we've done this drive a number of times um, separately and together, um, it, we would have, if we had not had the diversion, we would have seen things that we have seen before. I mean, we had planned on checking out Lake Louise because I've never seen Lake Louise and I would have liked to have seen that. It's very nice. But it's, yeah. it, but it's still going to be there next time I go. <laughs> So you know, it's, not, it's not like I'm not <laughs> going to have another opportunity to see Lake Louise, but I don't know necessarily when I'm going to have another opportunity to drive down the 95 and check out these places. I might make it more of a priority going forward because honestly, the drive was a little, was really, really pretty. Um, and, and got to see different mountains that I'm not used to. And so I think just, I think the, the, so the takeaway from that is to really just learn how to, to adapt with, um, you know, if things don't quite go according to plan, just learn to adapt, learn to uh, appreciate the newness of it, um, and 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 the 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 opportunity cost because you you I mean not opportunity cost but learn. But to, if if you're just being pissed about it, then you're de- denying yourself the opportunity to enjoy what, what exactly what, the, uh, the the forming of unexpected memories. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly, I, I don't know how else to put it. And so, yeah. so and I can I, I remember just kind of driving even though yeah again extra driving it was i were just the whole time I was just constantly remarking about how grateful i was that we got to have this and mm-hmm. saw these cool funny things uh, uh like roadside carvings carvings and stuff yeah and, and it's like you know we wouldn't have seen this Eagles otherwise nests. it was it, and it was it was wild and awesome i loved it so 
a, a semi on its side. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything was yeah, yeah, necessarily yeah. great, but it was definitely interesting. And I think also Julian got to see some things he'd never seen before, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily like a learn to thing. I think that mm. it's about a mindfulness sort yeah. of thing of, of trying to be, trying to be aware of that and just kind of um, shifting the perspective and, and in a way it's kind of being selfish because if you can give up on the frustration or the disappointment, um, then you'll have a better time. And so that's better for you. And so it's sort of a reinterpreting selfishness, which I mean, go for it in that instance. Um, and also just these days we need to stay flexible on this particular trip. We did very little planning beyond booking hotels. Uh, and we did very little research. And I think that showed sometimes where we were like, Oh, surprise, this stuff is expensive. And one thing I think I discovered was COVID inflation is very real Absolutely. or post COVID inflation. And so sometimes the sticker shock on some things from meals to attractions to whatever was a little, little surprising. Uh, I found fewer sales in department stores and stuff like that. And that might've just been pure chance, or it could be a sign of where the economy is. Um, but also whether it's COVID, for example, we wanted to go into a convenience store after fueling up. Uh, I was like dehydrated and, and almost heat exhausted, uh, wanting to get a drink. Um, and, but they were still operating under a restriction where they only allowed six people in the convenience store at a time. And there was a family of six inside. And they, they were, were locked, of, the, they had locked the door. They locked the door. Yeah. Um, which was interesting. And so they were, and the family of six was really kind of taking their time about picking their, their slurpy, slushy flavors yeah. and everything. And so we just compiled into the car. We're like, we'll catch something a little bit later. Um, and so, you know, sometimes the COVID restrictions, they're all over the place. Some places, um, you know, mask mandated, six feet apart, reduced capacity, all that stuff. Some things are straight up closed, like the uh, reservoir um, visitor center for mm-hmm. Revelstoke. Uh, they had a sign that was like, basically, it didn't say COVID, but it was like due to ongoing circumstances. I think we all know what that means. We were closed for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, and so like... So they are doing a lot of upgrades. There's construction renovations as well. Yeah. Um, but like we encountered that where COVID had shut things down or had tweaked things in other places where it was like, yeah. we're pretending it's 2019, except maybe with our prices. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, just trying to uh, you know, stay adaptable to that sort of stuff. Uh, and as if that's not enough, layer on climate change and the forest fires that are going on right now yeah. in the interior of BC, we could have easily been diverted from entire cities and hotel stays. And so, you know, those sorts of things are unexpected and they're going to become more common, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, today was kind of my day. So there was like two things I really wanted to do on this trip and this was the day to do the two things. Check, check. Um, Log Barn 1912. We, I think we've talked about it in our previous... And we have a video out because, uh, I mean, this is our first podcast in 11 months, so welcome back. Yeah. Um, and in our previous trip, our 2020 road trip, we went there and there's a video on YouTube about Yeah, and, they've, and it's and lovely. It's, they've changed they, they, the, they, they tweak it a bit. Yeah. Uh, and so every visit's a little different, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, and this time we actually got some food, like last time we had some jerky, which really was pretty good. decent. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, a beverage or something. Uh, but this time, uh, the, the ice cream place was open this time, which wasn't yeah. before. Uh, and also, um, we got grilled cheese sandwiches and you got like, uh, I got a midnight sausage on a bun with, with sauerkraut. sauerkraut, grilled onions and honey mustard. It was amazing. And you know, we got like uh, peach slushies and stuff like that. And you got peach cherry slushy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is the price is very reasonable. Like when I'm talking about COVID inflation, I don't think it's hit the log barn in terms of the food you buy, like the wine and the takeaways and the souvenirs. Yeah. Yes. The souvenir stuff. Hella expensive. Like I got the really nice cider juice. It was thirteen dollars for a like 
one liter 75 750 milliliter bottle mm-hmm. um so it's the best like sparkling juice you'll ever have in your life mm-hmm. so and again and it's this is the only place in the world that you can mm-hmm. get this as far as i know so it's a kind of one of those opportunity cost things so you have to kind of be you know and that's and that's the other thing too just recognize that some of these things are opportunity costs so yeah it costs a lot but how often are you going to have that opportunity mm-hmm. to experience that or do that to have that so there's there's often... and there's the sunken cost which is sometimes a fallacy but you think about the time and money you put in to get yourself there to yeah. only not do a thing exactly so those are things to consider and again a lot of these businesses are struggling with covid and so like i went into a department store the bay and i bought some cologne in one location another location i bought some underwear uh and neither were on sale i paid full price and normally i would wait for a sale and yep. i'd be hesitant but i understand these places are struggling and so i'm a little bit more willing to pay full price and not wait for a sale and be flexible to that stuff i don't know how long my patience for that will last (laughs) yeah i i wasn't willing to pay full price for this lovely perfume i discovered with the most amazing uh perfume salesperson i've ever encountered in my life in west edmonton mall yeah his name is eve check him out if you're ever there like he's he's, He's amazing he's 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 basically the fragrance sommelier like he actually went he's he's got a degree in this this, So, and he's from the south of France, and, and he's just, lovely. And he like yeah. he the way he puts the the fragrance on the paper is like it's a show. show. It's, oh, yeah. it's great. And well, and the thing was is that's where I bought my underwear. Yeah, so yeah. I'm at the fragrance counter, and I am have I am like the most basic guy in the world at that moment. And I'm like, yeah, man, could have bought underwear. Like, and the thing was totally lovely. Like it wasn't beneath him or anything. Nope. He didn't make me feel silly or anything. It was he was just like absolutely no problem. Come on over here. Yeah, and crack so. a few jokes, and it was great. Yeah, uh, and and yeah. So I mean, those those are all different things to yeah. uh, consider. I think when you travel, and then further layering on, if there is a mobility challenge or a chronic illness, yeah. one of the things that was different about this trip versus previous trips, not last year but prior, mm-hmm. is uh, one of the things I would frequently do is I would buy things in advance. Yeah, I like you know that way I'm not I'm not getting all the charges on my credit card while I'm traveling. I can spread the cost out, pay things down as I go. Exactly. And like with Hilton, you often can get ten to fifteen percent off by doing an advance purchase. But because we can't necessarily predict a chronic illness's behavior, excuse me, behavior when a flare-up might happen, um, we have to be a little bit more, um, you know, flexible in in, in booking things. Um, and give ourselves more time. Uh, so normally, like Edmonton would take two days. We did it in three yep. to get there and back. Um, and so it would be easy to see some of those as, as, as frustrating problems. But, uh, you know, taking your time about it is just as much an opportunity because you're not exhausted. You're not go, go, go. You're not rushing as much. And so you have the time to stop and say, hey, let's check out this lovely rest area. Yeah. We stumbled across... Uh, Terry Fox Mountain Lookout Point. Yeah. Uh, that was when you're on the way to Jasper, I Hinton. think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sort of in that general vicinity. Uh, and it had this nice, lovely walk. It had Wi-Fi and uh, Pokemon Go Gym that we were able to, <laughs> I was able to own for like four days. Um, <laughs> and so, like, those sorts of things, uh, you're, you have the flexibility. If you're not trying to do a 12-hour Edmonton to Vancouver run, which we've done video on YouTube, uh, and John might want to do it again, and I hope I can talk him out of trying to do that in one day. <laughs> Because that's physically a lot, uh, and you know you don't get to experience as much along the way, yeah. and so taking your time can be great, and especially after all the time we've spent in lockdown with COVID, and yeah, exactly, and stuff like that, reconnecting with nature, and um, I think it's a natural tendency that you're going to want to do all the things right away because yeah. it's been so long. 
and I and I understand that, but you you you're you're in a human body that has limits, whether you have a, a chronic illness or not. And exactly. so you know, taking the time and not asking so much of yourself, and maybe you've put on your quarantine fifteen, and so maybe you're a little slower than you were a couple years ago, and you're ready to go do all the things in one day, and suddenly you realize it hurts a little, or <laughs> you know, um, and so just uh, easing back into it so you don't get the the shock, I think is also. Uh, you know, advisable. I think, I think people, um, during lockdown, we're probably talking to themselves mentally saying, I'm going to do all these things. My bucket yeah. list was growing and that's fine. Um, but don't put huge pressure on yourself to do it all right away. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, whether, cause also, you know, like the cost could be a lot with, with things being a little pricier now, uh, in terms of money, but also in terms of the toll on the body. So, um, I think all the walking we did, uh, I was able to like, you know, overcome my, my atrophy of my legs from not doing as much walking during COVID. And so that's good. Think? I feel a little healthier. Do you think that you kind of had a good workout along this trip? It could have been better. <laughs> Fair enough. We went to the pools quite a bit, so I'll... You want to introduce the next topic? Upcoming travel plans. Mario Marathon, Gen Con, Purge, Hawaii, NYC, and Sonata, Panorama, Free My Vegas, Cruise, Slash Vegas. So there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, And some of this we talked about already. We talked about um, the possibility of doing a free cruise because of our My Vegas loyalty points. Uh, We talked about possibly going back to Vegas. Some of the other things here. Um, So there was a socially distanced Mario Marathon in 2020 that we were able to remotely participate in. Uh, And so some of the machinations there, there was, I forget what it was, but there was something that's like, if X happens, we're doing this again next year. And it was a dollar amount of donation to child's play charity, which is a charity that supports children's hospitals all over the world. Um, and so they hit it. And so they guaranteed there will be a future marathon, but no date has been set. And it wasn't even necessarily set for 2021. Yeah. So as of right now, we have no news about the next Mario marathon. The website has been slightly redesigned. And, and Brian has worked on a new bot though. I think it's just if that, that I don't know that he's necessarily has developed a new bot or if it's, um, he features testing out if this, then that. Um, so that's just something to consider. I don't know. Brian wouldn't be Brian if he wasn't coding something new for the Mario Marathon yeah. at some point in some back burner at the very least. Uh, I mean, he'd been live streaming a little bit of the game Factorio on uh, Twitch. Um, but so as it stands right now, no Mario Marathon plans that we're aware of. Um, but of course, if and when announced and if we are invited, we'll you know hopefully move heaven and earth to get down to Indianapolis. It'd be lovely to physically... Uh, participate and see uh, that great group again. Yeah, uh, there's obviously some challenges because the Canadian border is still closed. Yeah. And so that gets in the way of everything outside of Canada. Uh, that gets in the way of a cruise. That gets in the way of Vegas. That gets away in the way of Mario Marathon and the other things on that list. So Gen Con has been pushed back and scaled down. So I believe it's in September now, whereas normally it's in August. And so at this point, I would say we're probably not likely yeah, to go. Two dungeons not going to be there. Which was the highlight for me when I went last time. Uh, I John uh, has said that he's not available to go this year. I'm not even sure if anyone from the Mario Marathon I, is going. I think going. they confirmed that they're not going. For the most part, most of them are electing not to. So I think we'll skip Gen Con this year, maybe next year. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. It will depend on a variety of things. Um, because I have a lot of vacation time that I've earned up and I need to <laughs> burn. And so I'm becoming... Um, there's a movie with, uh, who, was it Jim Carrey? Yes Man? Yes. Where he just went around saying yes to everything. I'm currently kind of like that with my vacations. It's like, mm-hmm. if I can travel with somebody, I'm going to probably say yes. Um, 
just so I can burn up that vacation time and also see the world again. Uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo has been uh, canceled for this year. That's yeah. Purge. P-R-G-E. Yeah, they confirmed so, that, I believe, in... Was early. Like, a couple months ago. Late, no, I feel like they confirmed that in like, late 2020. It was a while back that they confirmed that. Yeah, I don't know if it was that long ago. But yeah, so um, unfortunately, Portland Retro Gaming Expo has been canceled for this year. Uh, the problem actually really stemmed around them trying to get an alternate date because they tried to yeah. push it back. They used to do October, and then uh, the Oregon Convention Center got like super popular and busy and stuff, and so booking in October. October became really uh, pricey and difficult for them. Uh, so they moved it to earlier in the year, uh, like the last time. Yeah. Uh, and so they were having trouble still getting uh, a winter or fall date. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully next year, we would love to return to that. We love Pat Country. We'd love to go see his uh, his uh, panel. And speaking and of Tetris. So. Yeah, Tetris World Championships was normally held there. Um, and also, uh, just speaking of Pat Contry, uh, he's been doing live streams every Wednesday at, at around 5 p.m. Pacific of watching 80s commercials. And that has been one of the things that got us through this pandemic, was watching that every week and just like for a couple of hours every week living in the 80s and kind of making fun of the 80s. Yeah, so uh, check out Contry Code, C-O-N-T-R-I Code on, on Twitch. Twitch. Yeah, uh, so that's something we recommend is some... Kind of free entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's well worth it. Uh, Hawaii is definitely something we want to do. Yeah. Um, particularly because the idea being we would leave from Vancouver or maybe Seattle to do it. Possibly California. Um, but hopefully Vancouver. The problem is that um, the uh, Canadian um, situation with cruises is that they've all sort of been uh, canceled. Yeah. Uh, until February of next year. Yeah. So I don't think we'll be doing Hawaii anytime soon, um, but maybe next year. Um, I my, my cruise in 2020 was supposed to take me to New York City. That got canceled. No plans to go to New York at this time. Uh, Ensenada would be nice. Once the border opens up, I think I'll very quickly be looking at cruises to Ensenada as a possible quick nice getaway. Back. It's one of my favorite uh, ports. Uh, we are still booked on the Carnival Panorama for its return to service on August 21st, and we are not sure if we're going to be able to go. Yeah. Um, the two adults in the group are fully vaccinated, which is nice, and uh, hopefully our uh, outlier, <laughs> who has received one Pfizer dose, will be fully vaccinated in time. But uh, the real question is, will the Canadian border be open? Yeah. Uh, and so we're watching that very carefully. We're coming up on July 21st and not too long, which is when the current closure is set to expire. If they renew it for one more month, it might be game over for us. I, yeah, I think it will be because we have to have that uh, three-day positive testing thing. I'm not, yeah. yeah the rules... Um, recently as of july 5th were relaxed slightly for canadians returning to canada as to whether or not they had to have a quarantine hotel and their testing regimen no, talk about carnival like i think they require a negative uh, uh pcr test prior not to if it. you're vaccinated not if you're vaccinated not okay. if you're fully vaccinated okay good um there's a lot of mis- it, it keeps changing yeah it's very dynamic situation and i appreciate that so we're watching it carefully um and so yeah, it's really going to kind of, I think, possibly come down to the border for us. Uh, and so I'm really hoping we can go on that cruise and we can make it work. But we only have the cruise booked. We haven't booked our flights or hotel or car rental or anything else mm-hmm. until we know more. Uh, and so we're checking the news pretty much daily about that. 
Um, and that's sort of the upcoming stuff. Uh, and so actually, I we're, we're not really going to dive into many topics or I think anything else for yeah. this podcast. I know it's been a long time since you've listened to our dulcet tones outside of the odd video <laughs> on YouTube. And we do appreciate your support and your patience. We have some sort of rules we've made for ourselves for this podcast. We only ever record on vacation, uh, on location. Yeah. So uh, this has kind of been our first trip since August of 2020. And so that has been... A long wait, but it's nice to be back. And so uh, stay tuned because with a little luck, a lot more podcasts coming hopefully pretty soon. Um, Here's hoping. Yeah. And so if you're not already, do please check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, we've got a lot of tip videos there. We're going to have a lot of videos coming out from this trip, a lot of hotel reviews and a couple of attraction videos. Uh, and uh, I think I'm actually going to be posting a pretty funny short soon uh, where I basically cover myself in uh, bug repellent stickers. Yeah. Uh, so I think that should be good for a laugh, a minute, a minute long laugh <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. And uh, do please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice, whatever you're listening to this right now. And if if the platform you're listening to us on allows for it if you could give us a review that would be fantastic it helps us out quite a bit and um yeah i think uh, was there anything else anybody wanted to uh mention or plug your Redbubble store or uh, <laughs> your tiktok <laughs> we are we are on tiktok but we're still figuring out how to use it <laughs> yeah exactly um, so anyways, yeah, with that in mind, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. And, um, yeah, I guess our, our, our sort of message is take things at your own pace. Mm -hmm. Um, let yourself off the hook, give yourself a break, uh, as we are slowly returning to normal. And, um, I guess my, my main piece of advice is as you encounter people who are not returning to normal at the same pace you are maybe they still really want to wear a mask even if they're fully vaccinated uh, or maybe if they're not comfortable going out yet or whatever it is uh, i think we should try to suggest as much as possible but try not to judge or shame people whenever uh, we encounter someone who's doing something that might seem a little different uh, from our point of view so that'd be my one ask everyone to sort of you know suggest nice things but let's not judge so let's be kind and uh yeah so with that in mind thank you so much for watching and we hope to have another podcast coming to you very soon thanks for listening goodbye